to another Healthy Bite. My name is Dr Ron Early. Before I start, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I am recording this podcast, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Now, this week's episode uh, was called The Sleeping Child, and uh, we talked with paediatric, respiratory and sleep medicine physician and specialist, Dr. Jim Papadopoulos. Now, I've had the privilege of referring patients to Jim for over 10 or almost 15 years, and um, he has always been terrific. I mean, the feedback one gets is fabulous. And I first spoke to Jim on a podcast about eight or nine years ago when I did my initial podcast with Dr. Michelle Woolhouse called The Good Doctors Healthcare Unplugged. Um, and it was so interesting to catch up with Jim now. And uh, I came away, I was really looking forward to it. Um, and I was even more impressed after it than I was excited before it because I just, you, you would just listen to Jim's approach to this and uh, you wished that every specialist or medical practitioner that you came into contact with had this kind of, well, this holistic approach. And it's a word that I, have used myself professionally for over 40 years now, and it's always associated with some sort of new age philosophy or something like that, as though we're putting crystals on people's bodies and healing like that. Um, no, it just happens to be a reference to the fact that that's how the body is put together holistically, and that is how the planet is put together holistically. And while we have spent a great deal of the last uh, few hundred years dividing up medicine and the human body into compartments and uh, symptoms, uh, at the end of the day, the person that's sitting listening to this, and that includes me, we are a whole person, and that includes every patient that sits before a health practitioner. And it's so easy with health practitioners, particularly when they have, um, if they have, limited time and the average um, medical consultation with a medical practitioner is something like 10 to 15 minutes and people's health is a complex story. So if your experience with practitioners has been like that, then you are in a symptom-based practice. You go in with an inflammation and your doctor will give you an anti-inflammatory. You go in maybe feeling depressed and you'll get an antidepressant and so on. So addressing causes and getting good outcomes is something that we all should be striving for. And I think, Jim, that that episode with Jim Papadopoulos highlights, for example, the connection of gut health with sleep quality. The fact that with children, and he's a pediatrician as a basic training, but then specialised in respiratory and sleep medicine. But uh, 30 to 40% of children have undiagnosed sleep-disordered breathing conditions. And um, he goes into what some of the signs of that are. It could be that the child is snoring. It could be that they are just breathing heavily. It could be that they have their mouth open while they're asleep. And what are some of the symptoms? Well, when adults don't sleep well, they tend to be listless and uh, and lacking in energy. But when kids don't sleep well, the reaction is often the opposite. They get hyperactive. And it's sobering to know that um, attention deficit disorder, ADHD or ADD, 
attention and hyperactivity disorder. Anyway, that disorder affects, well, I, I know it, the official figure grouped together is 6 or 7%. Um, well, um, you know, if you're a, um, ma there is a difference between males and females and males tend to be much higher and they may even get up to one uh, in, in 10, which is an extraordinarily high figure as well. And, um, and it's sobering to know that almost 50% of people diagnosed with ADHD are undiagnosed, have an undiagnosed sleep disordered breathing condition. And that gets even higher when we talked about uh, neurological developmental issues, can be as high as 60% undiagnosed sleep disordered breathing. And then, of course, we touched on in this episode or children that have been diagnosed as being on the autistic spectrum. Um, so uh, that those figures are, are up around 80%. And so it was a really interesting discussion. We talked about bedwetting. We talked about uh, night uh, 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 tremors, uh, uh, restless legs. We talked about night terrors. We talked about sleepwalking. We, we talked, as I said, about bedwetting. And people often don't associate bedwetting with a sleep-disordered breathing condition, but it often is. And even when things are looking okay in the upper airway, the gut issues and silent reflux can also be implicated. So this was a really far-reaching um, uh, podcast and one that I would thoroughly recommend you listen to. Um, he, he is a wonderful practitioner, and of course, we have links to that. And I also, interestingly, love to ask my guests, you may have noticed, regular guests, uh, regular listeners may have noticed that at the end of a podcast, I like to get a more personal view of a, of a person's uh, response to the question, you know, take a step back from your role as a health practitioner. Can you tell me, you know, we're all on a health journey through life in this modern world. What do you think an individual's greatest challenge is in that journey? And look, I'm not going to give it away. Jim identified anxiety as being a major cause of problems. And I'll let Jim explain that for himself. But I think it is such an interesting um, point to make in this day and age. And I think this is ties into how the pandemic has been managed over the last two years and actually the influence of social media on our lives and media. I hesitate to refer to um, outlets now as news outlets. I've come to realise throughout this pandemic that uh, they are not news outlets, they are media outlets. And um, I remember when my book first came out and the publisher engaged a PR agency for the first six months and I ended up writing several articles for newspapers and magazines. And my, a member of my family was a senior uh, executive at an electronics company in the managing the PR department. And I asked her, when you look at the newspaper, how much of the newspaper are actually PR um, exercises, uh, articles masquerading as news? And she estimated that something like 70% of them were, and that was about five or six years ago. And um, the first, she said, the first 10 or 15 pages of a newspaper uh, about 70% PR masquerading as news. And I think that figure's gone up even more now. Um, so uh, anxiety, coming back to that, um, one of the things we are going to be exploring this year is trauma or depression and anxiety and the influence of media and social media 
and um, and the impact that that's having on all of our lives. Because at the end of the day, when we look at our lives, um, you know, some of the statistics are good and some of the statistics aren't, but we've been a world more or less at peace. There have been um, out, outbreaks of war in, in Afghanistan, in, in Iran, in Syria. These have been terrible instances. Um, but uh, if you had a look back at the podcast I did on trust the science, question mark, just before Christmas, one of the... Um, well, I, I shared with you uh, one of, I believe, the most important um, speeches that have been given in the last, well, I would even say in the last century. And it was given by Pre uh, President Dwight Eisenhower on the, uh, on the day that he stepped off as president at the inauguration. Well, he, he was leaving the presidency in uh, early January 1961. Now, this guy, Dwight Eisenhower, was the leader of the armed forces in the Second World War in Europe. And um, he was a four-star general and he was a Republican president for eight years. And uh, so he was not what you would refer to as a left-leaning uh, liberal uh, peacenik or, or whatever. And his warning to the world then was that the thing we had to fear most was the unwanted um, the unwanted influence, the unsolicited influence of the industrial military complex. And that was a very sobering thing for a man of his history, of his background to say. And I think if you look at the way things have unfolded, you follow the Vietnam War, you follow what has gone on in a neoliberalism and allowing markets to dictate where uh, how, how things are, you know, we are a market-driven economy and then along comes media and digital media and then social media and a market-driven economy means that social media is driven by the selling of ads and what sells ads is engagement and what engages people is bad news and what does bad news do? It causes anxiety, which brings me back to what Jim Papadopoulos identified as the biggest challenge for those of us, all of us, on a health journey through this modern world. And the question is, how much do you want to engage with that digital um, technology? And that's why we had uh, psychologist uh, Jocelyn Brewer and um, Nir Eyal, who talked about Hooked. He talked about his book, Hooked and Indistractable. And the I think the key here is, I think the two takeaway lessons from all of this podcast, and I'll just give you my update at this point, having spoken to so many wonderful people and trying to tie this all together in my own head and having this wonderful opportunity to share it with you, is um, turn off notifications. If you are the sort of person that has got email, news services, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, you, you know, there are others out there as well. You, you haven't got time in your life for anything other than being in, on your phone the whole time. And if this pandemic has taught us one thing, it certainly taught me this, that personal engagement with people face-to-face, -face, looking at them, sharing the space with them, looking at their face, looking at their body language, listening to their tone of voice, giving them a handshake, giving them a hug, smiling, laughing, frowning, all of those personal things that have literally made us great as a species 
our ability to communicate and cooperate is one of the things that has stood us in very good stead as a species. In fact, arguably, it has given us the edge over every other species on this planet. So when that is taken away from us by isolating us, by locking us down, by creating fear, by bombarding us with bad information, which keeps us engaged and keeps us clicking and makes us feel fatalistic and then gives us simple ways to buy this with one click and pay this over four uh, payments or just put it on your credit card. And so we go down this rabbit hole and there are many rabbit holes we could go down on this online world. Then we create a, a state of anxiety and fear, which is what many people are currently experiencing. And we're going to be exploring this theme over the coming months and years. We have been, as I've been talking about, preparing an online program. And ultimately, that online program is about creating a supportive community of like-minded people and practitioners who can take control of their own health and be the best they can be. Because at the end of the day, I think the message that I've taken away from all of my reading over the many years is that my health is just too important to leave to anybody else. I have to take control of it myself. I am eternally grateful for the incredible system we do have. I acknowledge that. I've been the beneficiary of that. And I'm talking about the incredible Western health model that is there for crisis therapy. But how do we define a crisis? That might be the subject of a whole other podcast we do. But how we define a crisis is really the key to how we run a health system. Is it a system that is built on just managing chronic disease? As I've said many times, a great economic model that benefits the chemical, food, pharmaceutical, media and social media industries. And now I've lumped them all together as one. This is part of, I guess you could call it a great reset. I know it's been written about, and that's something we'll explore as well. But it's a great economic model for those industries. It just doesn't happen to be a very good health model for the 99.9% .9 of us who aren't financially benefiting from that experience. So that's what we're about at the Holistic Health Institute and on this podcast and all the things we do from here. I hope you'll join us. Anyway, I hope you'll I hope this finds you well. Until next time, this is Dr. Ron Ehrlich. Be well. This podcast provides general information and discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice or as a substitute for care by a qualified medical practitioner. If you or any other person has a medical concern, he or she should consult with an appropriately qualified medical practitioner. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences, and conclusions.